Welcome into the DNVR Draft Podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. I'm Henry Chisholm, and yes. I'm here with Andres Simone. Did you just agree with me that that's my name? Absolutely. Oh, love this show. Uh, <laughs> before we before we start talking about the draft, uh, I should tell you a little bit more about Drift Car Sharing, mm. and you should definitely keep listening because it's interesting stuff. Basically, what you do, you park your car uh, at their lot outside Denver International Airport, and they'll rent it out for you. So you don't pay for parking. They'll pay you so that they can rent your car out. Plus, even if they can't rent it out, you still get free parking and they'll clean your car for free. If you want more info, you can go to drivedrift.com. Sounds like a pretty sweet deal, though. It does. And then also you can rent the car on the other side and it's cheaper and there's no under 25 fee for people like me who are children. And uh, <laughs> that's probably enough. Yeah, drivedrift.com is the website. Check it out. Um, so, yeah. How was, uh, how was football this week, Dre? Oh boy, that just was uh, in general. Just it was a, a tough Friday. Sure, sure yeah. was. And I want I want to hear from you on what you observed because you <sighs> saw quite a few prospects, including the return of the great Lavisca Chanel. Our boy Austin Jackson was there for you to do some viewing. Yeah, and maybe Michael Pittman was the best of all, but I've already gotten sidetracked by that. Saturday was I some good some good viewing some very yep. good viewing yep. and I uh, I was proud of the Rams for uh, bringing home that W um, in Fresno was very excited about that and then uh, you know Sunday to me was the perfect execution of like we feel good about what the coaching's done yep they they should have won a game against a playoff team with a roster full of reserves for sure and the starting quarterback gets injured yep and yet they still find a way to lose it so that we can maintain that high draft pick and that's what really matters from my very limited vantage point now you know we say that a little tongue-in-cheek but we did mention in the last pod the best thing to do more than any trade is for this team to lose that's because you get better draft value you add you accumulate draft assets without giving up anything the difference between like the seventh pick and the fifteenth pick is a third rounder. It might even be better than a third rounder. Uh, so just having that is uh, it's huge. And I've I've seen the Broncos unexpectedly win in Indianapolis. It happened two years ago on a Thursday night football game. Brock Osweiler comes in. Jeff Hireman has the best game of his career. And it was like, oh, yeah, great. I wrote a nice film room about it, the return of Brock, blah, blah, blah. You know what? That, that game, that win, ultimately did nothing for us, except for instead of drafting third overall, which is where the Colts were, the Colts eventually traded down with the Jets, accumulated a bunch of second rounders. Mm -hmm. Jets take Sam Darnold. Colts dropping to six to draft Quentin Nelson. And we at five drafted uh, Bradley Chubb. And, you know, to do it over, maybe things go a little different. But anyways, you know, that's all to say that, yeah, that's, losing sometimes can be a good thing. I know that's hard on people, but we are the draft pod. We need to keep it real and remind people of that. Yep, and it makes our job a lot more fun to talk about a draft when you have decent picks. You know, the difference between winning and losing right now, Denver's slotted to go seventh. If they had won that game, they'd be looking at tenth. And obviously there are a lot of shifts to keep going the rest of the way, but looks like that was about a three-pick swing. And if they lose again next week, maybe that's another three-pick swing. It's just waiting and losing, and it's going to really hurt until the end of the season when we start really getting into draft season, watching yeah. these guys at the Senior Bowl and start thinking, you know, 
if, if things go the way they could, top five pick could be on the way. You have your pick yep. of almost any prospect, and that's just exciting. Yeah, and I get it. Look, everyone's going to say, well, I mean, if Elway's picking these picks, then who cares? Like, nothing's good is going to come of it. Eh, not so fast. I All think it takes is one good draft to turn everything around, guys. And, and it's a lot easier to make a good pick when you're picking – fourth instead of picking 15th that's exactly right way more can't miss guys up there and yes. so if, if, if you're thinking that way like you know always just gonna blow it anyway you're increasing his odds of not blowing it by putting him up where all the top prospects are the guys who are just so talented they can't fail right these might be some scary theories we're putting out there but it is halloween i should point out Ooh, so, yeah want to yeah. get real scary today Oof. <laughs> what if we, we just go super negative all day. Just scary. Worst I, case scenario. I suppose we can do that if that's what <laughs> you want to do. We'll keep it in mind. Uh, should we start with some Brandon Allen talk? Talking about skin. Ooh. <laughs> on, the, Ooh. on the topic of scary. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, so I wrote a film room. You guys should check it out, even if you're not. Definitely uh, check it out. It was so good. It, I, mean, well, I appreciate that. Definitely. I, I was going to plug it, and then I'm forgotten made you plug your own thing and oh. look selfish but uh, <laughs> but yeah it was i have no qualms with that That's it was totally so fair. so good for somebody like me or literally any other person who has never seen brandon allen play football because he's he's not known for having played nfl football before which is disappointing he look is at not. what dre put together he'll teach you all about what to expect and it'll make you a smarter fan which is what we like to do here i suppose um that is free, so even if you're not a subscriber, P.S. You should subscribe. Yeah, um, you can check that out, and you know, you, all our members are just getting more and more perks. It's pretty cool. Yep. So, anyways, Brandon Allen, though, what to expect? Want to get into that real quick because it turns out I'm like the only person in the market who even knows that what what a Brandon Allen is. Well, other than people say that he looks like Paxton Lynch. Oh boy, which I think is really harsh. I think <laughs> that's as mean a thing to say as when Ryan Koningsberg was in our office last week, the day prior to Nuggets opening night, mm -hmm. and told me I was wearing this flannel I'm wearing right now. Oh no! He told me I was wearing I was uh I was rocking Trailblazers colors, which like objectively might be true. Just like objectively, <laughs> Paxton and Brandon Allen's facial sure features might look similar. But why do you got to do that? It's a really rude thing uh, to point out. Yes, it I, is. Like, Truly not nice. Um, <laughs> so truly not nice. Just throwing that out there. I mean, scary or not, we are not about pointing out things that may objectively be true but aren't nice. Yeah. No, I mean, these are things that, that you have to know. Aside from, you know, us talking negatively about kids playing football for free. You know, like, Ooh. aside Ooh. from that. Yeah. Um, boy, a, a real heater to start Want to dig into that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but no, to start with Brandon Allen, look, he's going to be well-equipped in this system because he's he's been groomed under that Sean McVay system. I've written a lot of film breakdowns on how these two offenses resemble each other. That's nothing groundbreaking, you know. McVay comes from that Gruden system, and, you know, it's all different variations of that West Coast. Um, so he's, he's at his best when on play action. He will take his shots. Uh, Brandon Allen giveth and Brandon Allen taketh. Because Which does he more do more of? Well, his six to eleven touchdown to interception ratio in four years of NFL preseason. Lots pre of giveth thing. 
yeah, he, to the he, other team. He giveth, yeah. He, <laughs> he, he taketh from us, and he giveth to others. Uh, uh, so that's too bad. expect that. There's he's one of those guys who's a bit of a gunslinger. Not he's he's not going to be shy about uh, putting things in a window. While he is good on play action and even bootlegs, he's not going to be one of those guys that's like throwing a threading a pass as he's like mid stride. He needs to get out on the on the perimeter, set his feet, and then get the get rid of the ball. How he deals with pressure is going to be a key. His footwork can be a little labored, a little slow and choppy. That hmm. needs to improve. The most concerning thing I've seen on tape about him, and there are things to get excited. Again, go to that film room. There's some really nice throws I've featured on there. Is he would miss these underneath crossers or even like a check down and like sail it over the dude's head. And sometimes that'd become a tipped interception or like there's throws that truly the only throw in an NFL game that it's like, I could have probably completed that, you know, all, yeah. all things equal without like a guy trying to kill me and pressure bearing yeah. down. Yep. It's like, I kind of need you to complete that. throw, Especially yeah. with this O line, like, if there's a check down to be had, I need you to complete that and that not lead to like a tipped pick six. If if Brandon Allen like somehow hypothetically was entering the draft this year, yeah. where does he get picked? Based on what he is now. Like instead of twenty seven, he's like twenty three. Exactly. Oh it's a tough one. Like top of day three. Okay. Rounds four and five is probably where it'd be appropriate to take him. Okay. He's kind of a dying breed of a guy who was actually groomed in a pro system and not like the product huh. of a spread offense. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that for you. Oh, I I planned on 10 minutes of ISO ball. That's 10 minutes. There oh, you go. Perfect. Well, we get to talk now. Both oh, of us. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what we have in the notes here is uh, defending our – Defending our draft from last week. Do we want to dig into that already? Sure. Let's let's jump into that real quickly. For one, oh our, boy. our pal AJ Hayfley, my former co-host on the draft pod. I am we'll his have replacement. Him, we'll have him on again soon. Um <laughs> he's, not, you know, he's just he's just a busy guy. It's not like we replaced him or took him off, but you know, he's always dialed in. He did not love our draft. He, he does what does AJ love? Well, he didn't like CeeDee Lamb, for one. Of course I'm we're getting a lot of uh, CD uh, Lamb, and it's like, just don't overthink this, people. Watch CD Lamb. He's a stud. He was a steal at eighth overall. He was. A steal. He was. He had no business being out of the top five. So we, we pounce. And we're building an <laughs> offense around <laughs> Phil, around CD, around Noah Fant, around Sutton. And we're going to feel good about those options. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, I was having doubts during the draft thinking, you know, m- maybe we should have gone with Worfs. Maybe we should yep. have had a tackle yep. instead yep. of that. But and, and even up until about an hour ago, I was feeling the same way. Where It's like, you know what? There's so many receivers got to get late. The top receiver you draft is going to be, what, the number three option in this offense day one probably? You go Cortland Sutton, Phil Lindsay, top oh, two. And then he's be like top option. I mean, you know, if it's like, CD Lamb, like right. maybe, yeah. maybe, and and that's just kind of where you're at right now with your receivers. Like, are you happy going into a season with Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton as your two and three? No, and no, no. And we were able to add KJ Hamler, yeah, which like stud. Uh, that was a, a steal, and we still got our O line patched up. Oh yeah, we with got Doc options. Morton and Trey Adams. Yep. 
like a great guy inside who can play some right tackle and a left tackle with the requisite length. So, look, you could do a lot worse. We're trusting in our coaches to be able to develop those O-linemen we drafted, sure. and we got Marvin Wilson. That might be – now, AJ had some beef about Marvin Wilson. Interesting one. I, where, where are you seeing this? Was he commenting? No, no. This this was a private conversation that I'm making public. <laughs> oh, perfect. I was, <laughs> right, I was like, I didn't hear any of this. Yeah, from this, AJ. Was, this was just a fun banter between the <laughs> two of us. Um, and so, yeah, Marvin Wilson, mm, up and down, I can see it. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about maybe an, an alternate option to Marvin Wilson. But we need guys who can clog gaps. He's got nice upside, some some little pass rush ability too. So I think he just fits. Yeah. So I I feel I feel good about what we were That's able to do. Just somewhere where you need another guy. Right. Like and look, AJ was like, hey, I would have liked to have seen linebackers. I was saying, look, I would have liked to have seen a cornerback earlier, but you can't address everything. There's too yep. many needs. Um, Nick Kendall also hit us up. We know he listens regularly. Shout out to him. He's a great guy. Always dialed into the draft. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, we we've defended ourselves adequately. I'd say. So we should also talk about. Uh, you know the Broncos have eleven picks. Ooh, they could have they could have had a few more, but yeah. instead they held strong on Chris Harris. They yep. said they want a second rounder. They weren't going to take. Doesn't do we know for sure a third was offered at some point? I don't know that we do. Uh, yeah, um, it sounds like maybe not even a third was offered. Yeah, Derek Wolf, Adam Gotsis. What are your takeaways on not moving some of these guys? Gotsis, I truly would have let go for anything. Yep, me too. You know, so I, I think they would have too. Yeah, and they probably got absolutely zero. I yep. mean, and that's how if I was another GM and I was like, "Oh, Gotsis could help in my rotation. He's actually a guy I would roster." Yep. I wouldn't have been like, "Oh, here's a conditional seventh. I would have been like, "Dude, cut him." Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Cut him and I'll pick him up off the street. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like giving up anything to you. I think that that's fair for sure. And Wolf, you know, tough one. Uh, that that's the tough one because he was playing so well the last couple of weeks. Right. He thought he was right. going to play his way out of oh, Denver, but he's in a way he's turned back the clock. He hasn't been this good rushing the passer in at least two years. I Pro- probably long. Totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. And and now you have questions. You know, do you bring back Derek Wolf next year? Do you bring yeah. back Chris Harris next year? Well, Chris, you got to try. You really got to try. It's a bad look if you don't after mm. not moving him. Mm. Yeah, though at least you have that safety blanket of worst comes to worst. He probably signs close to a top 10 contract at his position. If he doesn't, the Broncos have a good chance of keeping him. Yep. Because, you know, that'd mean that he went for some kind of bargain deal somewhere. Then you at worst, you have a compensatory third. Yep. So, hey, I mean, uh, and that's in 2021. So wait, waiting gets to you a little bit. Look, there's never, you know, We've got 11, 11 picks already, plus you'll have some undrafted free agent who makes the team. Mm-hmm. Like, You can't have a roster that's like 30% rookies. The other thing about that compensatory pick, though, is that you know, if, if the Broncos clear that cap space by moving on from Chris, and they're already scheduled to have a lot of cap space, yeah. they yeah. might be in on some big names that would cancel out that compensatory exactly. tick, pick because that's the way it works. Right. Uh, for those of you who don't follow that stuff closely, basically... There's some secret formula that NFL uses, and basically the biggest contracts cancel out the biggest, like that leave, cancel out the biggest contracts that come in. Yep. And then eventually you look at the teams who came out the worst and give them 
right? picks you based make on the up players. The difference there. Yep, right. Try to balance um, it out. Yeah, and I had a buddy who was telling me like, well, that's why they need to win because they're not going to attract any free agents if they lose. You know, my response was like, really? Because last offseason, who were the biggest names? Like Trent Brown, who went to the Raiders, and C.J. Mosley, who went to the Jets. So Le'Veon Bell I went call to the BS. Jets. You just yeah. need cap space to sign big names. Yeah, it, it'd be nice if you could get them for a little bit cheaper. But right. Yeah, right. and that's the other thing when you look at this draft is, you know, maybe they sign a big-name receiver. And then all of a sudden you go worse in the first round. Maybe they sign a tackle, yep. and all of a sudden you're not looking mm-hmm. at that. Maybe they pick up a cornerback. The rest of our draft looks pretty good. Right. I, you don't know who they're losing at the same time. We kind of speculated they'd be short on safeties, but a lot of it does have to play out and see what holes they can pitch that way, or fix that way. Right. I it's, mean, we're not even in November yet, right? Yep. The Broncos have played exactly half of their games so far, so there's still a lot to unpack. Where do you think that the Broncos are going to try to – patch with a free agent versus in the draft you know i think receiver is one of those spots where (sighs) do you really want another young guy in there or are you willing to spend a couple bucks to bring in a vet who can be your number two draft a guy in the second or third round hope he develops takes over that two spot and push the vet to the three spot that's a good point now cornerback a trend i was noticing last year is that i felt like last year we started to see if you're searching for value in free agency Offense isn't really where you want to go. Huh. I feel like, in general, the top offensive linemen get overpaid. The top wide receivers get overpaid. Like, John Brown, who people, once they signed Flacco, or once they traded for Flacco, people were like, oh, John Brown would be great because he's from the Ravens and blah, blah, blah. And Ryan even wrote that nice piece where he interviewed a doctor about the whole, you know, the Ryan Clark disease he has. Mm, the, yep. And how that play at altitude. John Brown got a hefty... Ch- chunk of change from the bills and so did cole beasley and it just felt like man these wide receivers are getting overpaid um meanwhile the broncos sign uh bryce callahan to what eight million dollars a year right though we're we're finding out that there's a reason why (laughs) right right (laughs) why his market was like that and you know juan james cost a pretty penny i mean they had to pay him like the highest paid right tackle in the history of the nfl that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, who knows where they're going to go with that cash? Who so knows? To answer your question, I think value-wise, with how this draft, which is super loaded on offensive talent, we've talked about this all mm-hmm. year, you'd really want to try finding a linebacker that maybe is mm. undervalued but fits your scheme. Mm. And then you might want to go corner. And again, take advantage of the fact that your scheme doesn't require lockdown, one-on-one, man cover corners you're looking like with richard sherman type you're looking like josh norman of a few years ago type josh norman right like more feisty doesn't have the greatest measurables but he's smart he's got good ball skills you know yep all that and and then you can patch some things up and then you can really attack this draft with those 11 picks okay i I think that that makes sense uh you think that they try to stick with all 11? Do you try to move up in the draft? Probably 11's too much. Yeah. You probably at least package a few to move up. And that could be you package a sixth and a seventh to move up in the fifth. Yep. It could be you use some of those thirds to move up from your second round pick to the end of the first or, mm-hmm. you know, to move up from eighth overall or seventh overall to like third overall, something like that, you know. Okay, to wrap this part up, the big question. Uh, 
all this trade deadline stuff, including the people they traded. I guess that's only Chris or Emmanuel Sanders and mm-hmm. all the people they didn't trade. Mm-hmm. How do you grade how Elway handled this buildup to the trade deadline? I think he handled it well. I mean, I think that Emmanuel Sanders trade is really a steal. Yep. Uh, just considering his contracts expiring and he I mean, obviously there are factors involved, but in general, he wasn't playing his best football the last several years. I, I think know. it's going to hurt John Elway, um, like on his insides a little bit when uh, Chris Harris walks in free agency, when Derek Wolf walks in free agency. I mean, I don't necessarily think that he's going to be willing to give those guys enough money uh, to stick around. But when I they leave, Chris, he might, though. I Really? I, yeah. I mean, I could see it for sure. Yeah. But if those two guys leave, I, I see that as John Elway saying, oh, well, this is too bad. I, I, I like those guys. I wish those guys were Broncos. Emmanuel yeah. Sanders yeah. leaving, I don't think many people have that feeling. Right. And, I mean, Chris, you at least have that safety blanket of worst comes to worst. I really think they'll get a third-round compensatory. Probably. Wolf's yeah. a tough one. Wolf's a tough one. It's just you just gotta see what the offers are because now you see what he can do in this scheme. Yeah. Do, do other teams think that he can fit in a similar scheme there, doing what he's doing? Like, right. Especially the way he's been talking recently, like he's kind of winding down his career. He's kind of yeah. ready to hang it up. Well, we've seen a guy like this, similar to Wolf, in Fangio's scheme before, and Justin Smith, big, five tech defensive end. By the time Fangio took over as the 49ers defensive coordinator. People didn't think much of Justin Smith anymore. Hmm. But, man, in that scheme, with those linebackers behind him, all of a sudden Justin Smith had, like, a, a second phase to his career where it was pretty damn good. Um, so hopefully Wolf can do that, and I think he's more valuable to the Broncos than he is a lot to a lot of other teams just because he has found that renaissance in this scheme and that leadership he brings is uh, not, not to be uh, underestimated, I think. I think I think that all makes he's sense. He's a tone setter, you know. He's he, like he very much he's is. a tone setter in and outside the locker. Room. And and it's tough for him to be that guy when he isn't producing. Uh, I it's tough to be the guy Good doing point. all that stuff. And yeah. now that he is producing, I really do think that the big reason why the defense may have taken a step forward mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. from what they were the first couple of weeks to what they've been since. Yeah. Um. Okay, we're gonna dig into some college stuff. Uh in just a second but first we want to tell you about breckenridge brewery um i said damn good there i almost looked at you like are you ready to take (laughs) this transition and run with it uh uh, so yesterday i bought a whole bunch of holidale and tried it for the first time holidale holidale remember did you go on the tour of the Brewery with oh, us? No, you no, didn't. I was picking up the fam from the airport. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Never gonna have a family. Um, I mean, technically, you do already have a family, but but yeah. they're responsible for me. I'm not responsible for them. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's why you're such a loving son. Yeah. And so <laughs> we we went out to the Breckenridge Brewery. We saw all the different ways that they make beer, like how they can it. Awesome facility. But we also got to see this room. Um, where they just have a bunch of beer in barrels because they put oh. the Holiday in whiskey barrels. And it, what's Holiday? Uh, it's a type of beer? It's an ale, yeah. It's, oh, okay. It's a okay. Holiday okay, ale, cool. but they push the words together because they're <laughs> just the best. Um, yeah, and so uh, we got to see how it's aging. I finally got to try some yesterday. 
uh, and AG and the whiskey barrels it like pulls in whatever the whiskey leaves in the barrel. I don't understand how the science works. Okay, this but is interesting. It turns out to be like kind of whiskey infused beer. Yeah, it's like ten percent alcohol in the beer. Oh, and it's pretty good. No you know, way. It, that you know, sounds delicious. W- when I first tried it, because nobody would explain it to me, I, I kept asking, right. "Okay, so like, what is Holiday? What yeah, does it taste yeah. like?" And they just say, "Like, it tastes like Christmas." I'd be like, "So like peppermint? Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what Christmas is supposed to taste like." Um, Hank's like, "I don't have a family. I don't know what Christmas <laughs> is." No, <laughs> no. Oh, that's too bad. But uh, <laughs> that's a shame. yeah, uh, <laughs> tried it, and I was like whoa wh- what is this and i was like huh, i'm not so sure and then i kept drinking it and by the time i finished like i got like halfway through i was like oh this is incredible i just uh i got a phone call uh shouts, <laughs> to, shouts to them somebody from boise don't nice. really care uh nice. but yeah but by the time i got halfway through i was like oh this is actually delicious and it's kind of it's almost like a creamy beer like almost like i don't i don't even whoa everybody check out the holiday okay. let me know what you think uh, Dre, you have to too, and we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, this sounds amazing. Holiday, fantastic. I also want to tell you about Total Bev, our favorite spot. Uh, and that's actually I picked up my Holiday yesterday. Got a whole bunch of them because I knew they were going to be good. And if you spend seventy-five dollars or more, you can get thirty percent off of your entire purchase, which is just an incredible deal. Uh, have have you ever seen anything like that before, Dre? Like thirty percent off at a mm-hmm. liquor store? I just and they deliver and they deliver and they have everything. They they totally have everything. as the kids like to say, literally everything. That's Which, what we say, kids. That's wrong. If they literally <laughs> had everything, they would be selling elephants there. That's what literally <laughs> that's what means. That's that what <laughs> everything <laughs> means. Yep, that means selling elephants. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's an example <laughs> that applies, Hank. It all is. Right? Uh, you know what's cooler than an elephant? Lay it on me. <laughs> CBD infused drinks. You know where you can get those? Well played. You can get those at Total Bev because you can get literally everything oh at Total Bev. Oh my! Uh, at least everything you'd want. Who would even want an elephant? Uh, so definitely check them out. They'll <laughs> deliver to you. Uh, yeah. Lakewood to Boulder, Aurora to Brighton, just everywhere. It's a great deal. Don't forget DNVR 2019, and you can get thirty uh, percent off your purchase of seventy-five dollars or more. What a steal! What a steal! Okay, uh, now yeah. we should uh, talk about some college football. Yes. Um, SEC country, it was lit. Yeah? And it was lit yeah. in LSU-Auburn. Down in the trenches, Lloyd Cushenberry, LSU kid, center. Wouldn't mind seeing him on the Broncos because he's got that athleticism this scheme needs to reach block. Going against Derek Brown and that super talented Auburn defensive line. Man, are they amazing. Derek Brown was so incredible. And yet, Lloyd Cushenberry battled with him all game. I was really impressed with the LSU center. And yet, the Derek Brown's just a beast. Like, his combination of size and just mobility at that size is rare. Rare, my brother. And I would not... like. If I could, we'll jump on a draft machine and do another one. If I got Derek Brown with the top 10 pick the Broncos have and then took Cushenberry at the top of the second, I would be very happy with that. You think you think Cushenberry at center is an option? You're not a big McGovern guy? Well, you know, I, I, think, I think it's fair to say Ronald Leary hasn't been a, a great find. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice that he stayed healthy this this long. I did think he's uh, he had a better game last week. Um, he hasn't been terrible, but I think in general, patching up that interior O line, it'll open up some options. Uh, you know, getting guys that fit that scheme better, that zone blocking where mm-hmm. you want guys moving side to side, reach block and get into their spots, put on pulls, what have you. You know, this would allow you to move McGovern to guard and Christian Berry at center or maybe move Risner to tackle and Christian Berry at guard. And, you know, it would open up some options to really make that front five better. Okay. Yeah, I guess I could see it. I mean, at this point, I feel like outside of Dalton Reiser, nobody is irreplaceable. Like, you hope that Juwan James can hold down the right tackle spot, but... Again, with the injuries, who even knows? Yeah. Ronald Leary, probably gone. Connor McGovern, not not the problem on this line, but certainly not doing anything to fix it. Yeah, not the solution necessarily either. And we haven't uh, mentioned Garrett Bowles yet, but you guys know who that is, and uh, yeah. he's got to be gone. So do NFL referees. Um, yeah, you'd think he'd be gone. Yeah, he's got to be There's no but way you can bring him back. He is so hated. I mentioned this in this week's grades. The most concerning part is that at this point, Bulls, and you can see this in the last film breakdown that Matt McChesney did for us, which was out of this world. Always are. Um, You know, to have a guy that trains half of the Broncos O-line, big reason why Billy Turner was able to get all that money from Green Bay, trains all the top prep kids in the state, um, you know, he was at Stanford watching some of his guys on the line there. Like, it, y- the list just goes on and on. But anyways, to watch him break down film is just something else. It's incredible that we have that on our site. Um, but, you know, it, both of us have kind of noticed this, is that at this point, part of the holds are that he's not moving his feet. And Garrett Bowles was drafted primarily because he ran a four nine forty and was a super athlete. Yep. And you figured you could develop him in other areas. He's not moving those feet. If he's not looking athletic, if he's looking like he's, his feet are stuck in cement, then like it's time to cut bait. The guy is not as advertised. The, this is not the guy you drafted and expected to have. And it just doesn't make sense either because you look at just the way his body is and you're like, dude, y- you have like 5 to 10% of your weight is from the waist down. How are those legs not moving? Like... Like, if, if you're not going to be able to move, why not just put some muscle on those things <laughs> and, and at least be bulky right there? But, yeah, like... We're back to the bulls as light in the pants talk. Huh? I wasn't going to say it. Oh, but, come but, on. But, yeah. How could you miss that opportunity? Uh, again, like, you have the pants that sag off of you. Like, they, they don't fit because you're light down there, and that's supposed to be why you're able to move. And if you can't move, then I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I mean, totally. like what what are, what are we doing here? Yep. What are we what doing What are we here? even doing Okay, we can move along from the offensive line talk into uh, Joe Burrow. Dude. A guy whose name we are going to say correctly. Not going to say Burrows once, and I'm excited about that. Um, Where is Joe Burrow on your draft board? I mean, at this point, I think the last couple weeks we've talked about, yeah, there's some conversations that he might be the best quarterback in college football and should be drafted as the top quarterback. I've been a little reluctant. He's had some really good games against some high-level competition. That game on against Auburn, though, that was another level, man. Um, him threading the needle in some of those tight windows was just like, boy, 
he's going to be tough to pass up on. And he was one of just two quarterbacks, which in our pod where we chose between guys in this upcoming class versus Drew Locke, mm-hmm. I took Burrow over Locke. Um, and yeah, I think he is now, to, like this isn't just media manufactured. He's doing enough to where he's forcing NFL you know, front offices to consider him as the top quarterback in the class. Is uh, th- is he going to win the Heisman? He'd be the favorite right now. I really think people are sleeping on Justin Fields and need to not forget that Fields is having an unbelievable season. What about Chase Young? right there. What, Chase Young what more does he need to do? Play quarterback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Like, he is just wrecking it. Four sacks. Yeah. Four sacks against Wisconsin. And another and tackle for a loss. It was incredible. And a forced fumble. Did he have a forced fumble? I must have missed that. But, he's but just yeah. a freak, man. Like, he... He's so he's so good. He's unbelievable. If he can't win Wisconsin. it, who can against win against Wisconsin? The the best offensive line in the country, second best, yeah, top five, top five. Okay, okay, you'll give him top five. I'd say top two. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's too bad that the Heisman is just a quarterback award at this point. Sometimes a running back can sneak in there, sometimes, but yeah, I don't know. The qu- the Heisman is really beyond quarterback, beyond position. It's like who who kind of captured. The spotlight, yeah, you know, yep. and like, the you were the story of the season, right? Whether right. it was because you actually were the best player, or whether you played for a school that has like a big name, and right. so everybody right. had the attention, or whether it was because like you're doing something crazy on social media, yeah. you're drawing attention <laughs> yes, to yourself, right. and then you're also playing well enough to justify it. Yeah, it's yeah. So Chase Chase Young would have to really do something incredible and. In in some of the big spotlight games he yep. has. That's part of the problem is they don't have a ton of big games. But, you know, like score a touchdown against Penn State and keep dominating like that. And Yeah. And, you know, I mean, just to be a contrarian and throw some hot takes out there, you could argue he's been better this year than Nick Bosa was in his final healthy season at Ohio State. For sure. I mean, he, he's just been unstoppable. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we have some more uh, Chase We've Young talk more Chase coming Young up later. Yeah. But uh, let's move on uh, to the game I saw. Yeah, now you get to talk a little bit. I love talking. Uh, <laughs> the receivers in that USC-Colorado game. How good were those receivers? All of them. Yeah. Every one of them. Everybody on the field. Just, I mean, how, how many NFL receivers were in that game? I mean, okay. you, you got to say all three from USC, right? All three from USC. Visca. At least two from CU. Yep. I think Tony, Tony Brown, Brown. Tony Brown has to already be a better prospect than Juwan Winfrey ever was, right? Yeah, for sure. No hate on Juwan. And I, and I think know, they're a similar style of right. player too, where it's like, oh, you're a guy who makes NFL yep. catches at this level, but and I think Tony KD translates will more. Oh, right, exactly, exactly. I think KD will fit as well. So probably six. And then you and then side. you look through all the receivers on both benches. Oh, you know, right. I mean, obviously Colorado guys. We talk about Vontae Chenault. Yeah. Um, Brandon Huff- Huffman Dixon is a guy who's a lot of people are high on, like four or five star recruit. You know, you have these guys coming up through the pipeline, and then for USC, obviously they're all four or five star guys. Like that might be the most wide receiver talent on one field this season. And I know like yeah, Alabama right, is right. is always like in that conversation because mm-hmm. of their dudes, but what a treat to, s- to see what LSU they can do. will give that a run for its okay. money. But, okay. yeah, no, you're right. 
You're right. It is way up there. So oh. who impressed you? And you also saw one of our base, Austin Jackson, the left yes, tackle for yes, USC. Yes, I did. Uh, Visca impressed me. Yeah. I think it, nice this, to see him back. This was the first speed. time that he's been healthy this season, mm-hmm. uh, and he looked healthy. He he did everything you could have asked him to do with the yards, with the catches, uh, with the touchdowns from the Wildcat. He he was himself. He's been who we expected to see all year, but for whatever reason, whether it's a little tweak to the shoulder, a little tweak to the leg, a little mm-hmm. tweak to the abs, you know, he got sick. You know, all these different things that just kind of like kept him down, kept him yep. down, kept him down. And now he's finally, he says, back to like 98, 99% and is almost where he wants to be. Yeah. So we saw it. I, I mean, we're going to see it again going forward, assuming, you know, knock on right. wood, he stays yes. healthy. Yes. But. He looked like the best receiver on the field. But then on the other side, Michael Pittman. He's another what oh, a monster. He's he that's exactly what he is. And, and I mean and breaking similar, our hearts, but a monster. Similar to Visca too, just a big body, fast guy. Like what do you even do with him? Yeah, what I do you was even do with su- him? His run after the catch ability yep. surprised me. Yeah. Cause I mean, we know he's got that big frame, he can catch anything. But boy, that run after the catch ability was like yikes. Yeah, I mean, and then Tyler Vaughn's like he's running around, he's making he's plays. Stud, that back shoulder touchdown he caught yeah. in KJ Trujillo's face, uh, right. big third down pickup. Look, up. Trujillo played him better than like Jalen Johnson, the star cornerback for Utah, did. Uh, we talked about that a few weeks back, yep. where like Vaughn's just stole Johnson's lunch money. Yeah, KJ Trujillo, true freshman, he's gonna be an NFL guy. He's playing. I don't care he if he's 165 impressive. pounds. Yeah. Every catch he gave up, and he was on Tyler Vaughn's all night. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of shut down Vaughn's aside from that one play. It, and 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 the two three plays that Tyler Vaughn's made, KJ was right there. Mm-hmm. It's just that he's a true freshman, hasn't developed all that technique to mm-hmm. be able to make that last step. Right. And I talked to him about it this week, and he said, "Yeah, that, like like I didn't lead in with that. I said, you know, what happened on that touchdown to Tyler Vaughn's? And he said, well, I was in position all the way. I was right where I wanted to be, but it was a great pass, that back shoulder pass, and he turned and caught it, and I just left my feet a tiny bit too early. And I was like, yep, that's exactly it. He sees what he's doing wrong. Right. He's going to keep getting better. He's a ways out, obviously, but he seems to be next up behind, you know, Chido Wuzie, behind... Uh, yeah, Ted and Akello. Th- yeah, and yeah, like all too. these secondary guys... Uh, he was exciting, but yeah, the receivers on both sides. What more could you have asked of them? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Any notes from Austin Jackson's game? Um, not much. I mean, he looked good. Yeah, so I was impressed. Just rock like, solid, right? Yeah, I, he did. He didn't screw anything up, and that's what you want from a left tackle. I didn't see him like picking up and throwing guys, but <laughs> yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. what right, more right. can you ask for than not letting that side have any pressure? Boy, between him and Penny Sewell, you've seen some talent at left tackle. I have. Doc Martin as well. Yeah, I mean, there's surprising Pac-12. You're starting to see this transition starting with Oregon where it's SEC ball. Win in the trenches and then build off of that. And same thing coming to Colorado. Same thing in a lot of different places because that's just how you win football games. That's been how you win football games for like 100 years now. Quick tangent. How What what are your thoughts on uh, Hambright? What's his first name? Arlington? Arlington. Um, because he's had some flashes, but then he has some moments where it's like, dude, what were you doing? There? And and the big thing for him is his body. Mm. Uh, he's somebody who, I I think at the very least gets a shot at the NFL level just yeah. because he he looks the part. Like yep. a good offensive line coach will see him and be like, yeah, that's that's someone who 
we can build off of. Uh, the buffs actually have him listed as 6'5", uh, 300, and it looks natural mm -hmm. on him. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like big guy hasn't been perfect, but he's been a big yeah. reason I think this offensive line has developed. Uh, the, yeah. the technique mistakes seem to be dropping off across the board. Uh, Started a bit at Oklahoma State, starting right. at Colorado. I think I think you give him a shot. I don't think he's a guy who is going to get drafted, but can't body at the very least. Senior? Uh, yeah, grad transfer. Yeah, interesting little camp camp name, undrafted, end of day three type of guy yep. to look at. Yeah. Definitely keep an eye on him. Yeah. Well, we had some big upsets in college football, Hank. Oh, big yeah. Big upsets. Yeah, yeah, we did. I mean, above all, Oklahoma. So disappointing. Gosh, that was that was so disappointing. I've been on that hype train for them. I for them to lose that game is the part that's just killer. Crazy. K State, like K State. That's what they do, man. You know what really bummed me, and I need to watch this game. But we've been hyping Oklahoma's offense plenty, rightfully so. Their defense has more talent than they've had in a while, and it <laughs> starts with Neville Gallimore, their nose tackle, who I'm hearing some. Interesting things about the type of freak athlete he might be. Huh. And his just watching, I haven't dug into the K-State game yet, but just watching like how he was playing in 2018 versus how he's playing now, he's taken a huge jump, and he's been really good. And then they've got that linebacker who I keep mentioning, Kenneth Murray. Murray's a stud, man. His athleticism sideline to sideline is really impressive. And he's powerful. He can be that heat-seeking missile guy who comes downhill. So I'm impressed. And um, I feel like I've undersold them and not talked about them enough because they're both guys who would look really good in Denver. And yet they kind of lay an egg in at Kansas. So Kansas State, rather. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about now. How, how does this NCAA top 25 stack up at this point? Yeah. I mean, looking at it, it's in I mean, they have Oklahoma in the AP poll dropping to 10th. Yep. Behind Oregon and Utah, a couple of Pac-12 teams. And Georgia. And Georgia. Like, look, I get it, but I think that loss, I think Georgia losing to South Carolina was more egregious than. But it wasn't more recent, Dre. Yeah, I guess. What you, you forgot that that's what's most important is what happened this week. As the uh, kids say, that's literally recency bias. That actually, yes. No, that <laughs> ah, I used that, that correctly. Yes. Hey, we love that. There you go. Um, Learn yeah. to use literally correctly, guys. So here's how the top four stacks up now in the AP top 25 poll. Mm -hmm. I think, are, are we getting the first college football playoff poll next week? Don't put me on the spot like that. Well, yeah, neither of us know. It's coming up soon. It's coming up soon. Yeah. I, th I think it's going to be in the next couple of weeks. We'll get I think to see you're what right. the committee's oh, wow. thinking about. Really hedging your bets now. Next <laughs> couple. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we do that here. Um, so the best ranking we have right now is the AP poll. Um, and yeah, here's yeah. what they have to say. Yeah. Number one, a new number one, LSU. I'm with it. I'm with it. You look at their schedule, uh, you know, wins against, what, Texas, Auburn, and Florida? Yep. Jeez. There you go. Jeez, man. That's tough. And and they moved ahead of Alabama, Alabama dropping to two despite not losing that football game. Yeah, and it's like, you know, Bama took care of business with two out. Uh, the rankings right now for these two don't matter because they'll play each other, so it'll be decided <laughs> on the field, right? Yep. Yep, and uh, number three, Ohio State. Underranked. I think so, too. 
uh, probably playing the best football in the country because you have Justin Fields, you have J.K. Dobbins. They have a ton of talent on the lines, that wide receiver, and then you've got guys like Jeffrey Okuda, Chase Young. Uh, the the whole All their secondary is like basically NFL guys. There's Sean Wade, who we haven't talked about. Enough. Their nickel cornerback, he's getting a lot of draft buzz lately. Um, so, yeah, o- Ohio State top to bottom is probably the best team in the country. It's just their resume might not be as impressive as LSU's. Number four, Clemson. Yeah, sorry. Nope. It's it's a no for me, dog. Nope. But then who do you throw in ahead of them? Uh, Penn State, undefeated. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Baylor, Minnesota, undefeated. Yeah. SMU, undefeated. Yeah. But but everybody else has a loss, whereas Clemson doesn't. I mean, you look at Florida, you look at Oregon, Georgia, Utah, Oklahoma, Auburn. So it really two. comes down to Penn State. Yeah, I think it, I think it has to. And I... This has this is not a Saquon Barkley, Trace Early Penn State team. Like you know, I mean, when I think of Penn no, State, it's true. like how you know. Now that you're not what you were a couple years ago, how can I really put you in the top four? And yet they have our boy KJ Hamler who's killing it. You that like D him. might be better. Yeah, yeah. The quarterback might be fitting the system a little better. Mm-hmm. Like everything's just kind of working for him. Uh, and you know they had they had a big win against Michigan State after beating Michigan and Iowa. I mean, look at that. That's that's three consecutive wins against teams who were in the ranking at some point this season. Clemson yeah. can't say that. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's fair if, if the comparison is Clemson. But, you know, what I see here is LSU, Ohio State. I think I think that those are the two best teams in the country. No doubt. And then number three should be Alabama. Just a little bit behind them. They aren't in that same cate- category, but not far off. It's still Alabama. Yeah, that's true. And then when you get to the fourth spot, I think that's where you see some drop off. I, th- I think that yes, I think yes. that that is Agreed. the difference. Agreed. There's like three tiers here, right? Yep. Top tier LSU, yep. Ohio State. Second tier Alabama. Third tier. Penn State Clemson. And it might even be like four tiers with an empty third tier between Alabama and then Clemson or Penn State, whoever's oh, there. I, like I don't that. know if we're allowed to do that, but just draw a little smiley face or something. It's our podcast. We're allowed to do whatever. Yep. Um, yep. Clemson, boy, there was a there's a video that's circulating about their star linebacker, Isaiah Simmons, running like neck and neck with Travis Etienne. Whew. And, you know, Simmons is like 230-plus oh, yeah. pound oh, linebacker. Yeah. Boy, he would look good in Denver. Yeah, I mean, we talked about him with that top pick. There's some sneaky, sneaky talent at linebacker in this class. You know, Troy Dye, uh, who we like. We from love Oregon. Troy Dye. I, I, I uh, com- converted safety to linebacker six four two twenty whatever. Right, just like, like Simmons. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what this defense calls for: is mm-hmm. athletes, almost safeties playing linebacker. Him right there with Alexander Johnson. Yes, Ooh. please. Sign me up. Yeah, you know Kenneth Murray, Isaiah Simmons. We have uh, Dylan Moses from Alabama, who's sadly lost for the year. But that means possible value pick, right? And he'll be because he's missing this season. He'll be healthy for next season. It's gonna be fresh, F- fresh legs, baby. Oh, Who doesn't sounds love so good. fresh legs. Sounds so good. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. Like what? <laughs> you don't have fresh <laughs> legs. Uh, what are you even getting at? I don't even know. Um, so do we agree. The LSU Ohio State thing is tough. I, I think I go Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, Clemson, Penn State. I'm tempted to throw Florida in there, 
You could. But again, with a Dude, loss. Oregon's yes. loss at all. If they that's not a bad loss. Herbert should have just found a way to close Early out that Early in the season, game, too. Man. And they, they're getting better, I feel like. They, they have the running game. Well, they, they found an identity. Defense. Yes, they, they found an identity. They understand they aren't a Pac-12 football team anymore. They are trying to play SEC football. And I think, I think given the opportunity to play Auburn again, they win that game. At this yeah, point in the you're season, probably right. Good point. I mean, they should have won that one. They should have. Don't let Bonex go off on you. Uh, you know, but they found an identity, and now Drew Christman would appreciate this analogy. They have their go-to's in their run game and their defense. Herbert can kind of be their closer. Problem is, Herbert actually kind of better when the stakes aren't high and kind of crumbles under pressure. Here's the question: You're Ohio State. You're uh, getting ready to play somebody in the college football playoff. You get your choice of Auburn or Oregon. Who do you want to play? Mm. Dude, I'd want to play Oregon. I think so, too. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. Just because you haven't seen it from in a while. That's I feel a great it. way to frame it, though. Yeah. Because that's the thing. By the end of the season, Bo Nix, not really a freshman anymore. You True. know, He's got a whole season under his belt. And that defense is just scary, man. There's way too much talent on yeah. that D-line. That Oregon defense, also very good, but it's... Good, but not uh, those studs where they, they scare even a team as talented exactly. as Ohio Exactly. Uh, okay, that's probably good on our uh, top four talk. Uh, we want to jump in to talk about Strava Craft Coffee. It's a game changer. It is. Like um, so many of these prospects we've talked about already. So many. You could throw StravaCraft. StravaCraft what? Mid first round pick? Early first round pick? Oh, we're we're talking top tier. Okay, top I think tier. so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It's, like the, it's like the Chase Young of coffee. That's exactly right. That's yes. That's exactly yes. what it is. Yeah. Um, CBD enriched coffee. Not only do you get like the fun parts of drinking caffeine where all of a sudden you you feel like a human <laughs> instead of a zombie, but, but also You're it'll... Such a kid. Fix your problems. Like uh, if you have IBS, for example, yeah, anxiety, yeah, yeah. any <laughs> Dre, any does it work? Am I dealing with IBS? I or want to anxiety? imply you are. I'm uh, I'm I'm dealing with some anxiety right now. <laughs> I can tell okay. you that much. Well, you need some Strava Craft <laughs> coffee. It will fix you up. Uh, helps with back pain, all that kind of stuff. Anything that you want fixed, it'll fix, especially being tired because at the end of the day, it's also coffee. And if yeah. you're just looking for coffee... But not jittery coffee. That's no. what matters. I know. And like some of us kind of into the jitters oh, get you whoa. get you into that podcast like oh. when you're when you're bouncing around you're like oh you oh, we can go get it you, uh, are, you are living quite oh my goodness i was it. jumping on that ucla pod this morning yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple guys i'd never talked to yep. um and uh i had just pounded a big thing of cold brew oh. and then i got into the yeah. office and there's just like a big bowl of candy and so i was just shoving that in my face i haven't had candy in forever you know i don't i don't even know like i feel you forget to get candy exactly like it never crosses my mind like huh next time i go to the grocery store i should grab some candy you know like yeah yeah i know i mean I'm, I'm glad you're investing your money a little a little wisely yeah and not spending it all on candy I, exactly. that was one of my concerns so good <laughs> yeah. for you yeah i'm gonna invest in a better razor one that i know <laughs> how to use i actually haven't gone back to back days without cutting my self shaving in over a month now Whoa. Yeah, I don't see like right here today. So Just how often one. do you shave? Uh every day, typically. 
until no, like, well, actually, this, I missed most of the weekend because I kind of got scared you're, after. You're drinking non-Strava Craft cold brew, and mm. that's giving you jitters. What a transition. And you're not what calm enough to shave? Yeah, and it just kind of like bounces off, and all ah. of a sudden, I'm a bloody mess, and that might be better than a tiny bit of hair on my face. That's I insane. don't know. Yeah. You should wear it as like face paint and show up at the next oh. press event <laughs> just Ooh. like covered in your own blood Ooh. and space paint. Yeah. I mean, then, then there's that, my huh? excuse. I don't say like, oh, I was thinking about getting a cat when I the Humane Society. Like it got <laughs> me a little bit. Besides, no cat. I can just be like, oh, yeah, no, this was intentional. Um, <laughs> back oh to my. the coffee. Back to the coffee. Um, as Travis says, drink deeply, live fully. Um, even if you aren't into all the CBD stuff, remember it's not psychoactive. That's the THC. CBD is the part that's good for you, not the fun part. Um, yep. Caffeine, though, also fun in my opinion. Also fun. So if you're just looking for new coffee, you can get this for cheaper with the code BSN2019. You get 20% off. Boom. Just just do it. And if you if you want to try out the CBD, then that's even better, and it's even better value for you. Just give them value left and right, huh? Left and right. And yeah. front and center and back. <laughs> just everywhere. Oh, boy. Um, is that enough? Yeah, yeah. No, I... We I, can talk about football, I think. S- Strava will tell us if that was enough. But, yeah. yeah I, yep. think that we, I think that we did so them well. They support us. Please. Exactly. You support them. Yes. Yeah. And support us, too. They're members by, of uh, the team. becoming a member of the DNVR.com using the promo code HANK because I am losing this competition. Oh, and it's... Hank. I have had some oh, great Hank. ideas. I've tried to form alliances. Wait, the promo code is Hank. Hank. H A N K. Okay. Good. That's me. Um, He's I Henry, but we call it. him Hank. I know that can be confusing for people I know. sometimes. Because, because, like, we were thinking, what's what's the better name going forward, Henry or Hank? Turns out, I just split my identity. Probably mm. not the way to go. Now half my brand is one thing, half is the other. Right. But terrible way to market yourself, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I really buy into the split personality thing, make Henry different than Hank in some way. But I think in some ways Henry is your like professional j- journalist. Okay. And uh, Hank's the silly guy I get to talk college <laughs> football with most <laughs> of the time. And so talk you know. shaving with. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Shout out, uh, shout out, RK for teaching me how to shave like five months ago. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Well, apparently not well enough because you keep cutting yourself. Mm, so nah, my goodness, I did we'll so well the first couple times. We'll go around too. I'll, I'll give you some tips, I suppose. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So. Yeah, I might have to Facetime you next time I shave, so you can just fine. be like, "What's?" <laughs> sure. I don't know. I might be Brian's problem in that regard. Okay, football <laughs> though. Um, let's jump back in to Chase Young. Oh boy. So, here's the question. Yeah. We were talking about it with Kale, Superintendent Kale. We Shout went to go get to burgers Kale. earlier. Made yep. me a little sleepy. Back awake now, obviously. Oh yeah. Um, and we were talking. Yeah. Would uh, w- w- how, if if something happens, the Broncos drop to pick five, pick four, right around there. The quarterbacks go off the board for some reason. Chase Young is still there yeah. when the Broncos have a chance to pick in the 2020 draft. Do you take him? Does he oh, fit? Boy, I'm so torn. The logical part of me would say, look, John Elway, enough already. You started <laughs> your tenure as a GM by drafting Von Miller second overall, arguably the greatest draft pick in Broncos history. Then you take Bradley Chubb with the other top five pick you have. You've also drafted um, Shane Ray in the first round. You've already let go of a guy like Shaq Barrett. You've found another guy in Malik Reed. Like, enough already. There are other positions to address beyond edge rusher. 
the counterpoint is look what San Francisco has done and how just injecting a guy like Nick Bosa has flipped this defense on its head. Yep. They're suddenly dominant. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Chase Young has arguably been better than Nick Bosa was in his final healthy season at Ohio State. So, whew. I mean, I think I, before you make a decision, you have to figure out how does this look. So, so on your typical, yes, yes, you're in the nickel, yes. two linebackers, five DBs, and then four pass rushers along the line. Do you, can you throw Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, and Chase Young all out there? Oh, so, uh, just saying that, saying Derek Wolf is that fourth guy. <laughs> oh man. Oh, Demarcus, options. So I mean, many who options. am I to deny us of that kind of entertainment and enjoyment? Yeah. You know, Chubb's heavy enough to where I think he could play a little closer inside. Not as a D tackle, but a little closer, more like a five technique like our DNs do now in three man fronts. Oh gosh. And just the opportunities. Here's I mean, I mean think of that NASCAR set. Well, oh, right. Uh, right. Six guys up along the line of scrimmage that yeah. double A gap look. You sh- you put those guys anywhere, they'll find a way to get in there. You have Justin Hollins, you have Alexander Johnson, and Shelby yeah. Harris, Malik Draymond Reed. Jones, Malik Reed. Like, mm. it, you could buy in and really make this. I mean, this pass rush was not good this year. I mean, no, it hasn't been great. I mean, he is my top prospect in the entire draft. So value wise, yeah, you probably should consider him. It comes down to the opportunity cost of well, does taking Chase Young, who are you passing up? So let's say three quarterbacks go off. Broncos so, are picking fourth. So like, Jerry Bengals, Judy's up there. Bengals take to a Dolphins. Dolphins take, take Burrow. Whoever else, maybe Hertz is up there. Maybe Herbert's up there. Herb right takes Herbert. So we're left at the fourth pick. Tua Burrow Herbert are gone. <sighs> so you get your look at the tackles. You get. Obviously, yeah. Chase Young is the value guy. Jerry Judy's it, up there. The wide receivers would be very intriguing. Jeffrey Okuda would be very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Derek Brown would be very intriguing. Grant Delpit, a little less, but still very intriguing. And right, all the top tackles. Uh, I mean, I would ask for a King's Ransom to trade down. Yeah. I need at least That's the easy answer. two seconds, and I need to be within the range so say I'm at four, I'm not dropping down. So two receivers, one cornerback, Derek Brown, two tackles. I'm not going lower than 10th overall. Okay. And you better be giving me three day two picks, second and third rounders. Two of those have to be second rounders. Okay. And so then I will play GM for the other 31 teams. Uh-huh. And I will say, we will give you our first round pick. Yeah. And we'll Our give you top a, ten first. Round yep, round. and um, and we'll give you like a seventh rounder three days from now and make you make a decision. A seventh three years. rounder. Yep, that's all you're getting. Oh, then no, never. Then person. who are you taking? <laughs> <sighs> oh man. Oh boy. I mean, I'm probably taking one of those wide receivers. You think so? Yeah. How oh. far down is Chase? I say Young? this with a heavy heart. No, I mean, Chase so, I mean, Young is at the very top. He is the best prospect in this draft. I'm not sure it's even all that close anymore. So Okay, let's say it this way. Instead of looking at, like, a big board, Man. look at it as a Broncos board. Yeah. If you're the Broncos, you get the first pick. What's, what's your order looking like? Who are you taking? Tua? 
Yeah, I guess. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I'm taking Tua, yeah. And then Burrow? And then Herbert? <laughs> I know it's not Herbert. Yeah, and then Burrow. Yeah. I guess. Uh, and then do you go with the tackle? And do you go with another yeah, quarterback? Right, right. Then I'd be torn between Okuda and the tackles. So Chase Young not oh. And Chase Young has to factor in. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't take Okuda ahead of Chase Young. I don't think you could do it. That's probably where I draw the line. I wouldn't take Okuda ahead of Chase Young. Which means I probably wouldn't take either of the tackles ahead of Chase Young either. You have to do it. I mean, you you find oh a way. Oh, boy. You find a way. You say, Bond, your days are probably numbered here. You've got a year, two years left. Your money's going to turn into Chase Young's money. And yeah, not true. Long. Not true. long. Yeah, no, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Uh, wow. Yeah. But, I mean, how could you imagine finding a way to put Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, and Chase Young on this? It field? sounds incredible, Henry. It does. It sounds legitimately amazing. It'd be the scariest yeah, scariest front in the NFL. It'd be unbelievable. Uh, and they could have a Niners-like turnaround because the defense could instantly be that dominant with that kind of rotation. Yep. Especially with guys like Draymond Jones, yeah, uh, you know, Walker and and uh, Derek Wolf, and then you know you still have that best combo of safeties in the league and all that. So and and they were rotating so much under Wade Phillips, mm-hmm. where where I mean Von Miller was playing more snaps than Shane Ray or Shaq Barrett, but not by a whole lot. I mean, wh- when you when you look at how that rotation was, it was almost like they had three edge rushers. Mm-hmm. They were just playing two at a time, and that third edge rusher spot was split between Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett. Yep. And and so everybody's playing about two thirds of the game. Uh, don't forget Demarcus Ware is the other guy in there. And uh, now Vaughn's just out there for the whole game, and oh, that yeah. that changes Even this Malik Chase Reed's Young playing conversation. Like yeah. 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 I don't. Uh, it's tough. But he's so really good. Like I didn't expect to be this torn on that. Could could you imagine though, just knowing that you could have had Chase Young and seeing what he's going to do for 15 years in the NFL? Oh, that'd be pretty dope. <sighs> I mean, he could <laughs> really be. And you know, then we get into position value. Well, after quarterback, yeah. the most valuable position is an edge rusher. It's true. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's probably enough of that. Um, oh, we still have a lot to talk about. Okay. So we're going to jump now to questions, and we have a couple, both of them, from Count Locula. And here's the first. Hello, gents. Why does John keep getting credit for the last three drafts? By my estimation, we have, out of our last 24 picks, only four, Freeman, Chubb, Reisner, Sutton, solid starters, and one other potential solid starter, Fant, and throw in Demarcus Walker as he attempts to buck his bust narrative. The rest of the... Cotter, Cotter, ooh, that's a great word. Oh, I love Count Locula now. I didn't know he changed his name. Uh, is full of Met guys, busts, and IR regulars. I like the Sanders trade, but I have little to no confidence in John's ability to turn them into a plus situation. Love the Count. Well, first off, to say the last three would be incorrect. No one's giving him credit for the 2017 draft. Okay. With Gar- I mean, that was one of the all-time worst drafts in Broncos history. Uh, Bulls, Demarcus Walker, Carlos Henderson, Brendan Langley, Jake Butt, Isaiah McKenzie, D'Angelo Henderson, Chad Kelly. Disaster. (laughs) Disaster. So no one's giving them credit for that. That's very much like if we're, you know, 
uh, when doing kind of Elway's pros and cons, the 2017 class is very much in the, it's the conest of all. Yeah. And you look at the year before, you know, Pax and Lynch, <laughs> disaster. Yep. Gotts but then Gotts is not a second round guy. Yeah. Justin Simmons, Devontae Booker, yeah. Connor McGovern, Andy Janovitz, Will Parks, Riley Dixon even. Uh, you know, those are strong picks. You know, to think Will Parks was a sixth round guy, pretty looking good. back, that's he's a fourth round, fifth round guy, probably fourth, maybe third. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Third. Connor, I mean, McGovern, say what you will, but very good fifth round pick. Janovich just got re-signed. Very good sixth round pick. Justin Simmons is playing like a first rounder this year. Yes, he is. So the 2016 draft was better. Um, Outside of Paxton Lynch and Adam Godzis. A couple whiffs right there. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, the uh, top two picks were just... 2017, just bad. Bad. I mean, obviously, two guys on the roster. Garrett right. Bowles, the most hated player on the roster. Demarcus Walker, a bust who uh, may, maybe not quite a bust. Probably not a second round guy based on what we've seen. Definitely though. not a second round guy. I agree uh, with that. Last year, though, this was the year when everything changed, where... Elway said, you know what, we're right. picking His team philosophy captains. philosophy was different. We're not yeah. worried about m- as much about, like, oh, you're fast, you're big, you're strong. Right. It's what kind of attitude do you have because that's where the team was, that they needed that shift. Right. We're going to s- be less upside obsessed because, frankly, Paxton and Bulls didn't work out. So, round one, Bradley Chubb. Great pick. Number five. Yeah. Number if he five. can stay healthy and reproduce his uh, rookie season, yes, though. Very, very, very good. Chubb needs to be elite mm-hmm. to justify all our expectations and that high pick. Cortland Sutton in round two. What a pick. Yep. No, easily LA's greatest second round pick. Royce Freeman in round three. Solid, probably a reach in retrospect. Yep, exactly. What I was going to say, you get him in the fourth round, we're saying, yeah, there you go. Exactly. Uh, Isaac Yadam in the third. Yeah, not good. Nope. I don't, I mean, again, still room to turn it around, but uh, uh-uh. uh, number four. Four, round four, Josie Jewell. Yeah, not great. Eh, no, 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 not great. N- round four, Deshaun Hamilton. Not great. Meh. Uh, round five, to- Troy Fumagalli. Nope. Uh, number six, Sam Jones. Uh, not uh, good. This is where the standards kind of change, yeah. though, and just being on of the course, team right now is like, yeah. Right. Eh. right. Uh, round six, also Keyshawn Bieria. Yeah, not and good. Round seven, David Williams. Terrible, and then of no, course you, you pick up Phil, Phil Lindsay. Yes, you gotta and add Phil. To and people him. say, "Well, how'd you do? How'd you draft David Williams over Phil Lindsay?" Valid. Also, you knew that you could sign Phil Lindsay. Yeah, there was no way he was gonna sign anywhere else. He'll say he was, but risk, we all knew. Yeah. yeah. Um. So again, looking through that first half of the draft, sure, solid. Um, it'd be interesting to go through other teams' drafts just to remember that. Right. It's most of these picks aren't good. With the caveat of we're two years in. Yes. Until these guys' contracts are up in four years, it's really tough to to grade this yep. stuff. And it's going to be even tougher to grade this year's draft. But yeah, Noah Fant- Fanton round one. I mean, through through whatever, eight, nine games, The first bad half season of his career, yeah, bad pick. Have you lost faith? No. No, I've been disappointed. I haven't lost mm-hmm. faith. I, I agree. think he's very much been as advertised and what I scouted at Iowa. I think there's a good chance that he winds up being a guy you're like, yeah, worth a first-round pick. Yeah. Uh, second round, Dalton Reisner. Great pick. Round two, Phenomenal Drew Locke. Phenomenal pick. Like that pick. Still very optimistic. I will keep reminding you guys. I've seen all these guys at the Senior Bowl the last few years. Drew Locke looked as good, if not better, than Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Mason Rudolph, Gardner Minshew. 
Uh, Daniel Jones. I'd say it's a terrible pick if uh, this is really what they're doing with him at this point. If uh, oh, if if you're if you're wasting a second round pick on a quarterback that in these situations you won't even, even put him on practice. the practice field, <laughs> like then you shouldn't have been picking a quarterback there. Like you know, they they're they're doing their best to turn that into a bad pick, even though it looks like it should be a good pick. Hard to argue against you on that. Uh, round three, Draymond Jones. Draymond Jones. Not enough people are talking about it because. Demarcus Walker has been the more productive one, but when you're watching at who's consistently winning off the snap and creating penetration and stuff, it's Draymond Jones. Yeah, I think this guy has shown the flashes I wanted to see this early on, and I'm I'm pretty darn excited about where he's going to take this. Yep, a very good third round pick. Uh, fifth round, Justin Hollins. For a fifth rounder, the early returns have been encouraging. Yeah, the fact that he's seeing the field at all right. is means that that's a win for a fifth round pick. His versatility is interesting. Of course, you can't expect a guy who was playing basically defensive end slash outside linebacker last year at Oregon is going to come in and seamlessly transition into these variety of positions they have him playing. But yeah, he's he's been fine. And then round six, Juwan Winfrey. Hey, I had higher-ranked wide receivers who maybe would have already seen the field by this point. But uh, Winfrey was the pick. and It's a six-round pick. They gambled on upside, so we'll see. We'll see. So, I mean, last couple drafts. Those two drafts solid. are encouraging. They're solid. It's exactly what he's saying. Is encouraging, solid. Do you see a ton of studs in there? It really comes down to, can Chubb become elite? Can Sutton become, like, a really, really high-end receiver, like mm-hmm. a top-ten wide receiver. Can Reisner be a top-five guard? Mm-hmm. Very possible. He mm-hmm. might be in that range already. And if you have a starter in Drew Locke at quarterback and Draymond Jones becomes, you know, takes those flashes into becoming a productive, right, a productive interior penetrator, then, yeah, that's... Those are two pretty darn good classes. And and compared to other teams, I would guess that there are just as many blown oh, sure. draft picks. Yeah. Like like expecting them all to be good picks is just not reasonable. I, I'd say right. that half of picks wind up being bad picks. Totally. But it's also correct to be quietly skeptical that maybe sure. Elway hasn't completely turned the corner. For sure. And maybe we're just overrating this class a little bit yep. these two classes i agree uh also from count locula yeah how does denver up. not grab jake burrow he's mm. tall john's kryptonite accurate and has played against top college defenses and done really well you I like mean, they the don't draft him if he isn't level. there first of all right and there's a good chance he won't be yes the way he's playing he will not be available at seven or eight overall the Broncos need to do a little more losing and hope that the teams in front of them do some more winning. Yep. That'd be huge. But yeah, we're with you. Go go back to that um that pod we did and I said I would take Burrow over Locke at this point. Yeah. One of only two quarterbacks in this class I would do that with at this point. Mm-hmm. And you agreed you remedied your statement and agreed with yep. me last week. So Yep. Uh, so there you go. Those are the questions. I uh, want to jump ahead to this week's games. Uh, do I ever? Okay. Thursday night. Tonight, West Virginia Baylor. Yeah. We'll see. Baylor is uh, boy out of nowhere. Yep. Denzel Mims. Watch for him. Big wide receiver. Lots of talent. 
Uh, they've got this guy, James Lynch. He's a defensive tackle. Don't love him. He's going to get overrated because of his production. But he's productive, so there you go. I just feel like he's not. He's neither an explosive edge rusher or like a stout enough defensive tackle, so I'm not sure where he fits in the NFL. But it'll be fun to watch the, the Baylor Bears there. All right, jumping ahead to Saturday, Oregon goes to USC. Yeah. And I Oregon's mean, a four-and-a-half-point favorite, even though they're the seventh seed with USC unranked. So a lot of respect for USC there. And I think there should be. I think that that's Rightfully right. so. That's correct. I think their freshman quarterback against that defense is going to struggle. Yep. I hope Troy dies healthy. Yep. And I will love watching this game because of all the talent on either side. You know, Oregon's running back, C.J. Verdell. Yep. He's broke out. You get to see Herbert some more and see if you agree with us that Herbert's being overrated and we're not interested. Or if you're all in on Herbert, you get to see the top left tackle in the Pac-12 who I was seeing a mock on Walter Football. They had Austin Jackson being taken fifth overall. Wow. Yeah, dude. And then Penny Sewell, who again in uh, 2021 is going to be an absolute stud. So both left tackles on either side are great. The right tackle for Oregon, Thockmorton's superb too. Uh, Lots of NFL talent in this one. Oregon minus four and a half on the road. Who you got? Still got Oregon. Yeah, I would too. Yep. I think they're going to points. I think that quarterback and the lack of a really good run game is going to struggle against that defense. I think so too. Um, Okay, let's move along to Georgia, Florida. Probably the game of the week. Uh, Georgia goes to Florida, eight seed going to the sixth seed. Uh, Georgia, six and a half point favorite, despite being on the road, being the lower ranked team. For starters, I'm taking the home dog um, Gators here. I think you have to. The higher ranked Gators (laughs) at home home in the swamp. Um, There you go. Yeah. So there you go with are we that. Miss, are we missing a big injury or something there? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Okay. People just still think Georgia's the more talented, and they're they're all over Jake Fromm and blah, blah, blah. blah and blah, we are not, blah. you may remember. No, we are not. Um, watch C.J. Henderson. C.J. Henderson, yes. the star corner for Florida, low-key has been burnt a little too much uh-huh. in the big games they've played. Yeah, we've talked about that. We've talked mm-hmm. that he might not even be the best cornerback on that team at this point. Right. So th- it'll be good for him to pad his stats to face off against Jake Fromm and the trash that is the Georgia quarterback. Well, there you um, go. Georgia's O-line's outstanding. Andrew Thomas, their left tackle, is one of the big, big targets for the Broncos in the first round. He'll be severely tested against that Florida defense. Um, and then DeAndre Swift is so much fun to watch. Famously, oh. I've compared him to, uh, mm. what's his name, LaDainian Thompson several um, times. We, so. l- we love that comparison. Yeah. <laughs> See how that goes. Uh, also, <laughs> number nine, Utah going to play at Washington. Ooh. Utah, three-point favorite on the road. That's a no for me, dog. I'm taking Washington. Oh, boy. There mm. it is. Mm. That's a big mm. win. That probably puts Washington back up in the rankings. That probably moves Utah I mean, still in the rankings, but down. It'd be a killer for the Pac-12. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Pac-12 right now. I mean, honestly though, maybe the Pac-12 just has to hope like Oregon wins out, somehow finds a way to college football playoff, mm-hmm. and then uh, like Clemson gets upset by some no-name ACC team. Yep. You you get like Utah beating Washington this week, or Washington beating Utah this week. 
Utah stays in the rankings. Washington jumps into the rankings. All of a sudden, it looks like there's a little more depth there, even if you are no longer having two teams in the top right. ten. Right. Yeah, no, that's I don't true. Know. I w- I w- it would be interesting to see how they think about this, what they're cheering for. I would, too. Trey Adams against Bradley uh, Anai. Anai, thank you, um, will be an interesting matchup. Miles Bryant. Yep. Cor- there's two Bryants yeah, on Miles Washington. Bryant. Miles Bryant's the cornerback. He's been really good breaking out, and then they've got that stud tight end. Um, oh, name. I should know his name. Hank. I know. Uh, I mean, Buffs don't play him. Buffs have Hunter him in Bryant. three weeks. I'm Hunter. Sorry. Hunter. That's Bryant. right. Yep. So he's going to be really important. Seeing what Jake Eason does against this defense after a strong performance against Oregon is going to be really intriguing. Um, so there's a lot of NFL talent. Jalen Johnson, the the cornerback for Utah. Zach Moss, the running back. Uh, lots of talent. Lots of talent. Okay. Yeah. Um, so so you're taking you're taking Washington. I am. I am in the upset. Yep. I'll take Utah to win it. I th- I just think that okay. the defense, the running game, st- I feel like they st- they they weren't all there early. I'm starting to think that they could be. Do you like the points there? Mm. Yeah, I do. Let's 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 have a difference in our picks. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I think that does it, brother. I, yeah, I mean, looking through there, I mean, Ole Miss, Auburn is like an option, but Auburn ain't gonna wipe the floor with them, right? Yeah, Ole Miss just doesn't have enough. Sorry, Coach Mack. Um. You know, CU, UCLA, there's some talent there. There is. There's there some is talent for there. Real. That's going to be um, a fun one. Two different styles of play. They're running back, the the Kelly kid. Oh, Joshua Kelly, my he's favorite running back in the Pac-12. He's th- He, he kind of runs like C.J. Anderson did, mm. but but also maybe not quite as bulky. Like I think right, that some of that weight is right. more of what you want that weight to be. And yeah. watching the way that he just gets so low, like a little bowling ball, looks like he's going down. But I mean, it, I was saying yesterday, sure they they list him five eleven. He runs like he's five foot six. Like he is just so right, low, so low to and the he, ground, almost yeah. almost making you wonder: is he somebody you're scared of in the NFL just because they have that lowering the helmet to initiate contact rule when he is just like? bulldozing i mean that was last year they actually called about it those <laughs> it rules. was last yeah, year they like, actually called it but but yeah no i love watching him run dude. you just can't stop him and that offensive line is helping him out finally too right no i think that really uh those really are the best games that we've highlighted in the in the power five there's some intriguing ones in the um group of five you know uh, app state plays uh georgia southern it would be fun to see that ranked team. SMU plays Memphis, both ranked teams. But I need to I need to study up on some of those prospects a little more before I break those down. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, I think we gave you plenty of podcast in this episode, and we'll be back next week to talk more on the uh, DNVR Draft Podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing about what's happening in college football. We'll see you then.